Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Tiger Cast. Off another win. Well, we can't really lose, I suppose, against the bike, can we? Uh, we can, I won't take your lines to be. I'll let you deliver that one later. But I uh, hope, you, hope you're doing well. Good to have you back on, mate. What's been happening? Not much, mate. Not much. Just um, thought I'd use my bye week carefully and get COVID again just to really um, yeah. double down on that stuff and all that things. But look, enough about me. Don't worry about me. There's a premiership ruckman in amongst our midst. And I'm so excited. So let's let's um, bypass me and how I am. EJ, how are you, mate? Oh, look, let's not bore the listeners with uh, the sweet FA uh, Premiership Ruckman who did kick the sealer. Let's not bore them with that. Um, I don't want to go. I don't want to go all lids on on this podcast. That's your that's your place. But uh, but but I will say uh, we had the King's birthday a couple of weeks too early. I think we should move the holiday. Happy birthday, Dusty. Oh, yes, very good. Ed, very well played. Was he 32 today? 32 I think today, yeah. 32. Yep. No, very big happy birthday to the great man, the goat. <laughs> Lids is back. <laughs> Everyone's... <laughs> yeah. I really have been talking off. shit about me. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you feeling uh, post-COVID there, CB? That's no good to get that. Honestly, nowhere near as bad as the first time. So, okay. Just, so, yeah, is what it is. Didn't even really have the pesky cough. So, no, we're, we're okay. Very good. Life, life is good. Having a cup of tea and away we go. Uh, that's what we want. Uh, now, Teague says he will hopefully be right to go next week. So, uh, will I do the update? I'll, I'll update. So, he's, I think he's, what he said, he's on a different type of medication to get all the sleeping stuff under control um, so he's not waking up every second or third hour. So, Tiggs, if you're listening, mate, hope you're doing well. I love you lots and um, looking forward to having you back on when you're feeling up to it. And also, this will be EJ's last one for a couple of weeks. Um, so, kind of tagging, tagging out. So, um, hopefully you have a good one there, EJ. Yeah, yeah. You know, like sore shoulders actually from carrying the load as the Premiership <laughs> Ruckman. So... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going in for a Rico on Friday. Uh, yeah, we'll be right. Be good. We were going to do uh, a live cross to EJ on Friday just to see how he was going, all sort of drugged up, which would have been quite funny. But um, no, we won't. We won't do that to me. All the best for the shoulder operation, mate. I'm sure. Well, I, I don't think there'd be much difference between me drugged up or me not <laughs> drugged up. To be honest with you. <laughs> good old, yeah, good you. old EJ, the new Dion Presti of the group. You know. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of. How are we going there, CB, with, with some injury news? I'm so, we can't even play the bye and skate through uninjured. I'm so angry and so frustrated. You know what? It's symptomatic of our year feels like, doesn't it? Every time we feel like we're going to go ahead and progress and really get some impetus and keep going with the season, we just – that two steps forward, one step back. And all the blokes – like Dion Prestia, um, he's been playing some seriously good footy. And what do you do? It's just chalk it down. Another thing for the year, isn't it? Very frustrating. I think the so frustrating please... thing, the frustrating thing for me is that it's come out post our actual buy. Like the the, the the injury reporting this year, I think, has been substandard. And I note on Twitter that there has been a consistent message that, like, you know, you're treating us. I know they don't have to give us the news, but good communication with your supporters, I think, 
you know, makes supporters feel part of the club or whatever. This just came out of the blue. No one had a clue. And, you know, all of a sudden, oh, yeah, by the way, Presti's going to miss. And is it's it short one term. Week one, it... one week, it's two weeks, short term. See, now, interesting you say that, EJ. I'm not sure if you were going to allude to this, and I apologise if you were, but news has come out in the last few days that the AFL are going to mandate next year that when it comes to injuries, that the clubs have to report it as a weak injury. It's not short term, not medium, not long. They have, they're going to have to actually say two weeks, three weeks, whatever it might be, for more transparency to fans. So um, for once, a nice rule change, I think, that's going to help fans better understand their own club and what's going on. As much as clubs may not want that because then everyone else knows, but you would think on some level they all, they all have a good understanding of uh, in between what, what clubs are doing anyway. So I think that's a good change. I could, yeah. I could do I could do the uh, West Coast Eagles uh, injury list right now. It'd just be player X rooted, player Y rooted. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, geez, they're in some trouble. But, but when when Barmy was sort of doing the 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 reports every week, he'd get asked on a player and they go, oh yeah, no, one to two weeks. And two weeks ago, boy, and you go, oh yeah, one to two weeks. So I mean, you know, they're just going to play ducks and drakes anyway. It's just frustrating. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose the Lynch one's the perfect example that we've been hearing four or five weeks for about seven or eight weeks now. So um, we're not really any closer to knowing when he's going to be back. So uh, yeah, I think he's going to be vital though to get him back in before the end of the year if we're in a position to to scrape in the finals. But yeah, I, we, no one really knows the honest answer. So someone, one of you said you saw him in a in a moon boot buy yep. some pictures at the airport or something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't submit that to the wider uh, public, but yeah, that was Lynch still in a moon boot two weekends ago. So I can't confirm that. Yeah, can confirm. There we go. So I mean, I suppose the moon boots are still very precautionary. That's probably not that unusual but it would be nice to know where the, how the big man's going but yeah that and Dabo you're right that's what worries me the calf strain being the old man injury for Prestia so I don't know if they have did they allude to the seriousness of it or was it just hey short guys term. he's going to be out just a short term, that's short term. He's, in, he's unavailable this week calf so okay well, well, we'll uh, see how, how that one pans out. Um, before we get stuck into the Brisbane game, which we've obviously got Thursday night, there's probably a few other little topics to discuss. Some Richmond-related, some not. Um, we'll start with the one you touched on there, CB, with West Coast. I don't want to do too much on them because they've obviously copped enough shit, but how how bad are they going? And has there been a worse season than what they've put together at the moment? I know there's been the Fitzroy comparisons, even comparisons to us all those years ago. I'll say this. I know we carry on about our injury list and there's a bit of a carry on about me and my home at, at Richmond, but they've had two – West Coast have had two years of basically having a whole reserve squad wiped through injury. Um, and I don't know what the hell is going on there, but um, that it's, it's I've never seen a club two years in a row cop the injuries at West Coast to cop and. To be honest, I'd have no beef with if they cop if they got the um, priority pick at the end of this year because they I absolutely would. I absolutely would. Oh, go on. Well, they played in the grand cannot... final in twenty eighteen. Well, they won Thank the you. grand final. They won a flag less than five years ago. You cannot give them a priority pick. She's your hardline right wing nut job. <laughs> no, absolutely. Like you can't, Sorry, that's an in joke. No, in you, joke. you cannot. You cannot give a team that's won a flag less than five years ago a priority pick. Yes, you can. Of course, you can. Well, you can if you're a weak, 
lily-livered left-wing organisation. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, mate. They are not anywhere near a flag or finals in the next five or so years, and they actually, you know, need some assistance. Like they, no, no, I'll say You are. We always say, oh, they're never going to be there in five years. All right, you're never as good as you think you are, and you're never as bad as you think you are. At the moment, you've got what you've got is you've got the thirty-year-old former stars playing for paychecks. They're just taking the money and they're cashing it. There's no passion. There's no grit and desire. You clear out the old guys and you put the young kids in the system and, yep, they're going to get belted by 10 goals every week, but they won't get belted by 25 goals. That was ugly. That was very, very ugly. Uh, the other one that was non-Richmond but can now be tied back into Richmond uh, is the, the Gary Rowan concussion on... Jeremy Cameron and like I put out in a tweet and a lot of people were thinking the exact same thing at the time it happened and first and foremost their main concern was Jeremy Cameron and obviously he put out a, a video the day after that he was fine and he was joking around so that's really really good to see and hopefully by uh, contrast Gary Rowan's doing okay as well because he was clearly rattled by the incident mm. but then it made you wonder the c- comparisons between Mansell's accidental contact and Gary Rowan's obviously the main difference being that Cameron is Rowan's teammate but if one can be waved off as accidental contacts, why can't the other? Like, how serious are the AFL about head contact and the CTE issues that players are facing and things like that? Um, it just felt, yeah, they, they were just too similar. That I don't want, I don't want to be suspended. I just want there to be more consistency about, well, okay, if accidental contact was okay there because they're wearing the same jumper, why can't accidental contact happen when they're not wearing the same jumper? Because if Jeremy Cameron was a Melbourne player, he was getting six weeks plus. But it's a slippery slope. Look at the way Tom Lynch attacks contests and he takes out one of our guys in friendly fire. Um, I just think, I didn't see that, I I didn't get the brouhaha of this one given it was teammate on teammate. There was, a pure accident. You can't legislate for every single thing that happens in a contact sport. You just can't. And in this case... But then, but then apply it evenly across the comp. If it was accidental, which we all agree it was, then why can't there be accidental contacts from like opposing teams? It's a football, It's a contact sport. It is. I just... I don't know, man. I wouldn't like to see that coming. I, I think they were right to leave it alone. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping we leave it alone, but then by... Leave the Mansell one alone. Don't just leave that one alone because they wear the same jumper. Like, apply it evenly. They were all accidents. And Grant Thomas said the same thing. Yeah. Even even with that, right? Yes, a lot, a lot of people, the, the AFL have decided that um, Mansell chose to bump. All right? Now, they're not allowing now a brace for contact. If you had a look at the footage, Mansell's eyes were on the ball right up until the very, very last split second. And he still got done. If you are going to go down the road of a suspension for an act like that, which is a footballing incident and an accident, surely we then have a system where we go back and intent is considered first. So what's his name, the Melbourne guy? Uh, Not Byron Pickett, uh, Cozzy Pickett. Cozzy Pickett earlier in the season absolutely launched himself at Smith from the Bulldogs. And his one intent was to take his head off. Now, the fact that he didn't get him square meant Smith got up and he got two weeks. 
if that's two weeks and then you add on a suspension for damage afterwards. So in the other side of the coin is this, the idiocy of Mansell going straight to the tribunal for what was essentially an accident. You say, okay, he didn't mean to do it, but we're trying to cut out head-high contact so he gets one week. If there was intent and he deliberately bumped, you start off with two or three weeks and then on add on a damage tax. But mm. at the moment, we're just going, the, the outcome is this. There was Who was the slim tackle on the weekend that got let off? Uh, it was a St Kilda game, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, right. So the guy's head didn't hit the ground. They got reported on site and then yes. got yes. thrown out. So, so his intent was to sling. So the fact that his head didn't hit the ground means that there was no suspension. So what you, you're not disincentivizing the act because you're not penalising the intent to sling. You're only penalising yeah. if there's damage. <laughs> and I think Richo tweeted something similar, that what is there no intent now? Now it's all purely outcome-based is what they're saying. Yeah. And you're bang on yeah. because, yeah. And I, I fully agree with having the tax on top for if injury occurs due to bad intent, then you yes. know, it, it increases 100%. I, don't, I think that would be a much better change to the system that we're currently got. And you would actually find more consistency. Yep, yep. And then you wouldn't have Mansell getting more uh, free suspension than people who have... Like um, the Sydney guy, uh, Wick, was it Wick, came through with the elbow the week before? Yep. Right? His only intent was to hit with the elbow. And he, he knew he'd done it wrong straight away, but he was it was a deliberate action. And then you've got someone with a accidental, oops, I'm in trouble here, and they get more. It's just ridiculous. What did Wick get? Uh, one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And the, the Max King one, that was a good one. Now, as soon as I saw that Max King one, that strike, I straight away said that Brisbane player should get done for staging. Was it Brisbane? Apologies if it wasn't Brisbane. It was? Yeah. Absolutely nothing in it. But anyway, we could go on about the tribunal uh, all day. It's just, I, I think, yeah, if they fix that intent piece and actually judge things off that, I think everyone will be a lot happier because there'll be, there will be an in-between thing and, It'll solve a few more issues. I think what we're seeing as well at the moment, we don't have a head of AFL operations at the moment, which is telling. You've got two AFL CEOs because Gil McLaughlin, for a man who was meant to uh, stand out two months ago, amazingly still hanging around like a bad smell and a ghost. Um, <clears throat> I think there's a lack of review in there, missing that key, um, that key post. Reviewing umpires and MRP and that as well, so it's it's evident, it's evident. And um, just on minor tribunal matters, I note that uh, Stewart got a fine for uh, pushing over an obviously injured player on the ground. All I'll say is leopards spots. Now that is something. Now that is something that did get legislated for. You can't touch a bloke who's in distress or injured, and he did. He should have got a week for that. Uh, good character, good bloke. Yeah, no, oh, top bloke. Yeah, so, what you know, Chris Scott, you know, you can just imagine him in the press. Oh, he came up to me in the rooms at, at you know, at half time and he said, Oh, you know, I really, you know, I'm really disappointed in myself. Look, he's a fantastic player, Tom Stewart, but he's a pattern of behavior. Yeah, agree. 
Uh, Nara FC Centre, Joe Danaher is already a shooting stars meme. I was keeping an eye out for that. Uh, Trelgan Tiger actually tagged me in it tonight. So oh, if you excellent. go onto our, our Twitter, it is it is done. I was sure that this was going to happen very quickly. So that is in the books. Um, all right, the last thing we'll do before we talk about the Brisbane game, uh, I'm sure a lot of you may have seen that this took place, but Dimmer did a podcast. I'm sure the podcast was a few days ago now, but with Dylan Buckley, uh, former Carlton player, is it Dylan Friends, I think it's called, and that launched today. It goes for about an hour, hour and 20 minutes, and it was really, really good listen to, to hear Dimmer to speak um, pretty openly, to be honest, AJ. I know you listened to it, but what were your key takes from that? And if anyone else listening listen to that pod as well, keen to hear everyone's thoughts in chat too. Um, I think it was obvious that he needed a break. He sounds very, very relaxed. Uh, it was interesting that he actually has split his holiday into two to make sure that he got back for Koch's 300th and went into the connection uh, there. There's a lot of really good insight into, I mean, you've, we've all read uh, Conrad Marshall books or whatever, but a lot of good insight into the connection pieces and stuff like that. And he is going to coach, uh, again, no doubt at all, and he sounds like he's almost ready to go. He's going over to Europe for a few weeks. When he gets back, it sounds like he's ready to go. Oh, based on what he said today, I will not be shocked if there's 101 phone calls from all different clubs to at least chat to him upon his return because I really thought the next year was out of the question. Uh, now I'm not so sure. Um, I think it's it's very much imminent, which is very, very interesting. So he said he already misses it. Um and I think the big thing for him, based on what he was saying, was his boredom. Like, he, he just needs that structure. He just loves it uh, and just needed a, a refresher. So, yeah, very, still, very still interesting. Get up, still gets up at 5 o'clock every day. He's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another interesting take that come from that uh, was he spoke about Castagna. Oh, it wasn't. It was more about role players. And uh, Dylan sort of asked you, obviously had some star players like Rance and Dusty Koch. They obviously picked themselves. But who else was your one of your first magnets down uh, that you know weren't players of those ilk, and he, he had mentioned players like Rioli, um, McIntosh, and Castagna, and he, he he went on to say that George was one of his you know one of the best role players we've ever seen, and he did yeah. absolutely everything that the club asked of, which we said several times, and he he acknowledged that you know behind closed doors he probably gave George a lot of the plaudits he deserved, but he actually feels a bit guilty about not doing that publicly as much, and he, he fears that the criticism that he was copying from supporters from our club and maybe external clubs is maybe what led to George falling out of love with the game, um, which is yeah, quite sad. Cool. And, um, you know, and we've always said that just because Georgie didn't get big numbers, it doesn't mean he wasn't doing his role properly because, and Dimmer verified it, that he was ticking every box that he was asked to do and played a crucial part to allow other players to do their thing. Yeah, and he talked about the eight or 12 possessions and, you know, how that, that wasn't important. Uh, you know, George was physically hard. Like, he wasn't a soft player. He was hard. He was contested. His GPS would have blown up. Like, he did some really big numbers. Um, and it was really, really, as you say, interesting to hear him with a regret that he didn't defend George. And it was also very interesting uh, to hear him talk about uh, Dusty and Lambert and how he couldn't yes. explain... He couldn't exactly explain it, but how Dusty 
did what he did. And Lambert's first thought was, what is Dusty doing? And to cover that before doing his own thing. But Dusty was also down the chain looking at what the other forwards were doing. So Dusty was allowed to do his own thing, but he was getting protected by Lambert, not by Cochin. And it was it was very interesting uh, to hear him sort of talk about that. Yeah, Lambert essentially playing two defensive roles to to cover what Dusty wasn't. And that just sort of shows the power of Kane Lambert's running ability, uh, which we all knew was excellent with his work rate. Uh, the other interesting one, and it probably doesn't come as too much of a surprise, but when talking about sort of towards the end of 2016, that both he and Koch were very, very close to walking away from the club um, just because of how dire it was. And they made a pact to, to not let's try and change this, let's stick it out. And, you know, here we are today. And uh, and Lids decided to uh, not stick it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't you, Lids? <laughs> <laughs> All about me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, talking about Dylan Friends, Delidio did the podcast uh, maybe a month or two back, and that's also worth a worth a look and worth a listen. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah. He admits oh, to not being the best teammate uh, on more than one occasion. So, you know, I think inside, internally, uh, he's proud of what he got out of himself, but inside, I think a little bit eats up at him that maybe he could have handled his relationships better. Yeah, uh, which is which is obvious to everyone externally as well. But, yeah, so if you haven't checked out that podcast yet, uh, Dylan Friends, and you want to hear from Dimmer for a bit, definitely go check it out. I think someone mentioned before it is on YouTube too, so you can actually watch it um, as well. It was fascinating. Uh, and by extension, if anyone happens to know Dimmer, tell him he's feel, feel free to jump on the Tiger cast at some point. I would love to get him on. I just don't know where to start to contact him. So... He would be contact him on Twitter. Yeah, I didn't want to do it publicly though, because if you if I could inbox him, but he has to follow me back so I can inbox him. Um, I didn't want to put out there publicly because that's yeah. Well, I might have to, but it would be. Well, I mean, if I have to go to Vegas, if I have to go to Vegas, interview him at four o'clock on some country rodeo bar in Bournemouth <laughs> Strip. All right, I'll take one for the team. <laughs> right, we'll crowdfund it. We'll crowdfund it. We'll get you over there. Uh, <laughs> Live on yes, the decks. And yes, Lady Hawk, Dimmer did sneak in a sledge about lids in the long sleeves too. Yeah, he did. He did at the end. I, <laughs> I did see that. Uh, I think that was... Was there anything else to take out from that interview? I think they were the main points. Oh, it was pretty... The, the Queen story was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Go re- rehash that one. So every week, obviously, Dimmer had his uh, themes, you know, and... They had the letters that he wrote to them for one grand final on the rocks with their partner's name on it and all that sort of stuff. And for the 2019 uh, prelim, uh, he had a oh, clean... It was a Collingwood one, wasn't it? 18 prelim. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. And he talked about how sometimes, you know, some of the best themes that he had would be, they'd end up in a loss, but also that he'd look to Shane Edwards. And if Shane Edwards was leaning in, he knew that the players were buying into the theme. He was like the, the barometer. But he did this whole thing on uh, Queen and Freddie Mercury about how he was dying from AIDS and had performed at Live Aid. So he was sacrificing for a greater cause and all this sort of stuff. And as they were going, you know, out and up, they had the Queen Tribute Band play a song. (laughs) But the Queen Tribute Band got carried away and they played two songs. And the second song was We Are the Champions. Uh, They jinxed us. They jinxed us. 
Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's good to hear him admit some of those ones can uh, be hit and miss, but... And I like the I like the fact that he's you know spoke about one where he realised he'd missed the mark completely, and he's just gone, guys, I completely butch, butchered this. Just go out there and win the game, please, and just <laughs> just have a bit of a laugh and get out there. So, but that was his mantra, I suppose. Once he reinvented himself, CB was to have fun, um, and I think I think we're starting to see a little bit of that fun come back into the way we're playing over the last few weeks. I think Mini's on Mini's onto something. Play players in their best position. And who would have thought you'd get a turnaround in results? Rocket science. Play Dusty in the middle. Play Koch in the middle. Who would have thought? And I don't think you've been on since maybe we've asked about it, but Baker up forward, what's your takes on him playing pretty much more as a permanent forward now? Um, like it because you've got the, uh, you're getting the three musketeers back, aren't you? Those three pressure forwards. And um, moving Jaden short behind the ball again. There's, there's no, I mean, how good shorty since McQuarrie's taken over. How, how, how's the turnaround in Jaden Short's form? So he's put he's put Baker forward, short back behind the ball, Dustin Koch back in the guts. Just common sense, um, common sense decision making, and it's paying off. So um, very excited by what Baker's doing. Um, obviously, Rowley Junior still a work in progress. Um, still, you know, he's just inconsistent, but still shows some great things. Um, uh, very happy with, um, how could you not be happy with the last month of football? No, that's right. And so to rewind slightly, the other outtake I took from Dimmer's uh, interview was it kind of even sounds like he would, oh, unofficially or officially, heavily endorse McWalter to do the role. Like the way they've left the footy club, they've left it in such a state oh. that, or he has, that they don't need to clear the decks and start again like you see in most cases when a coach leaves. You, you want a fresh start, get all old old voices out, new ones in, that we don't need to do that. Like They're still really, really happy it's in such a stable place that any one of those guys on the coaching ranks could just step in, take over, add their tweaks, and it will run exactly as it should. And that's what we're seeing. Um, and I, I think that's now why it makes more sense when we're hearing these whispers that the club are internally very happy with McWalter and no one would be shocked if he was appointed. Yeah. Just Todd Wilson's raised a point um, to saying, why do we tinker with that then? Surely the wrong move. And I think what led to our success when Neil Baum came to the club, the first thing he did, we were going to trade out Reese Conker, for example. And Baum just asked a simple question. He said, well, what did you pay for this guy? He said, pick six. What was he? Halfback flanker. Where have you been playing him? And they say where they've been playing. He goes, well, why wouldn't you just put, put him back where he, he played his best football that made you want to draft him in the first place? So I, I certainly think that we definitely tried to reinvent the. Well, I guess in Dimmer's words, he couldn't cook the sausages anymore. So whether he was just inventing shit for the sake of inventing it, I don't know. He's better to um, answer that. But who would have thought when you just go back to basics, um, you simplify it and you get some really good results. I think EJ, we sort of touched on this a, little, a couple of weeks ago that he was probably within his right to try something different because I think he's trying to stay ahead of the curve and not be too predictable. I think he maybe just held on to it for a little bit too long. I think he maybe, if he had it recognised at round five or six, for example, that it wasn't working out and then reverted back, we might have had a, a different outcome for him personally. Um, I think he was entitled to try it, though, just based on the player age profile and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got some players we need to look at and um, he gave it a go. I'd also think that the reason he didn't change it back was that he knew his time was was up. 
You know, he did say in the podcast that he'd been talking about it for quite a few weeks. It mm. wasn't a one-week decision. So, you know, maybe he'd got to that point and he thought, well, if I'm going to flame out, I may as well flame out with with what I believe in. Um, yeah, I mean, I love what we've done and I love, you know, Dusty back in the guts and short back. Short, short's meterage off the halfback flag has just gone back up through the roof to where it was at the start of last year. And um, dropping bombs from 65. He's had four, He's had five goals kicked uh, in the last couple of games and he hasn't been inside 50 once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he would have and, more metres gained just by his goal kicks than some players would have running around the field for a full four quarters. Yeah. Yeah. He's been crazy good. All right, we'll, uh, we'll take a look at the Brisbane game that's coming up Thursday night, which is a massive game in the context of our season in particular. So the Lions are sitting third, coming off a win against the Saints. Um, you know, we've won three in a row as well, but playing up at the Gabba, which I don't think holds any fears, CB. I think as a team and a supporter base, we would feel quite comfortable playing there given some of our recent ventures up there. Uh, but I suppose we'll talk about the injury or the ins and outs first. Obviously, Prestia is going to be in out. Hopper's been named as available. I assume that Pickett's going to be available. Uh, Samson Ryan apparently is available. So how many changes do you anticipate seeing, uh, especially when you've got, I suppose, big Oscar in as the Ruckman um, for the Lions? I think, look, firstly, um, I hope the Brisbane crowd respect um, our decision to play picket, he, he will play 100%. Um, 100%. And I just hope you don't 100%. get the bogan. What's that? 100%. Lock it in. Lock it in? Okay. Oof. Lock it in. I think Marlon will play and I think Hopper comes in, but I just hope that they don't boo him and do that um, typical expected shit that you'll see football supporters do because it won't do their club um, any favours doing that. So um, I, I would have thought Hugo, Hugo sub, uh, Hopper out. Uh, sorry, Hopper out. Um, Prestia out and Hopper and Pickett in. They're the only two changes that I see. Brisbane's a very, very tall, big, strong team. Um, but for whatever reason, the two clubs seem to match up very, very well. Um on each other, so really excited by this um, game. Well, yeah, EJ, Nick reckons the players want him in as well. Pickett, I'm talking about Pickett. Okay, good, good. Um, you know, that's the culture we've built and they've got their arms around him and he's where he's, you know, feeling best. That's fantastic. Do uh, you reckon Emma J holds his spot? Oh, sorry, that's that's the other one, yeah. Good call. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, so and that's where, you know, and I'm probably I'm probably reading way too much into it, but I saw some photos today of um, the team training, and you know, you had Jack and Benny Miller and that in in, in the red, so, and Jack was actually fighting against uh, Tarrant, would you believe, and had a hold of his jumper. There was a Taz's back. Taz's Taz's a picture of Taz at training, but um, I also noticed in the same sort of coloured jerseys as Rewalt was uh, Banks. So I don't know. Is this the week? He's been um, he's been an emergency how many times now? He must be getting very very close. Um, so Dabo's just 
made a comment, Clark and Hugo Ralph can take a break as well. Um, a bit tough on Hugo, given he's been a sub, but Judson Clark, I'd probably rethink that. He's no, some very I like good, uh, so we've, just, we've just been five minutes defending George and the role that he played. Judson Clark is playing a very, very similar role. Hmm. He's running like, his, uh, his, yeah. and, and he's got better and cleaner skills than what George ever had. I like Juddy. My only issue with Hugo is I don't think he plays the sub role one. I think he actually plays reasonably well when he's playing a full game. I'm just not sure about his impact as a sub, but I don't know if that's needs to change or if he just needs a bit more of a go at it or, or I don't know what the answer is there. Do, do you reckon Hugo Hugo needs a game in the resis just to get a full game back under the belt? Rather, He's been sub and re- playing bit roles for the last month. Is he due for a full run? Possibly just to find form and touch. He's definitely got the tools. Like I, I think you'll end up playing a lot more senior games, undoubtedly. It's just more of a timing thing. I just don't know if he's yeah going to have too much of an impact as as sub. It's, a, it's such a hard role. That's not just him. Like Cumberland had no impact as sub as well. Um, so I'm not actually sure who the right player is. And I, I definitely wouldn't be playing Banks as a sub for his first game. Uh, I think if you're going to play the kid, give him a, a proper crack at it. Um, it's almost a bit disingenuous to play him as a sub in some instances i think essendon did that with someone not not, not long ago but yeah I, I i don't know who else to try there but uh, the other interesting point you mentioned tarrant how do we find the tarrant versus young debate are you getting more out of young now and in the future or if tarrant's fit and available is he better off is he better placed to play instead of young uh, young play young 100%. play young Hundred percent. He's developing really well. He's he's not yet uh, got the freedom with his disposal that comes with time, and time gives you confidence. But his his contests and his percentages of break even and wins on contest stuff like that, they're all really good. Um, we're getting great development out of uh, out of Young, and nah, he stays. I think yeah. Hugo, someone said Hugo's been off, you know, in the half or something like that. I think Hugo is the understudy for K-Mac. And when K-Mac goes, Hugo's got his spot. So he's sort of going to have to bite his time a little bit. How, how, do you, is it how you guys see it? Do you think he ends up on a wing? Wing wing flanker type, isn't he? Utility, the classic utility. What's his yeah. height? Is he a similar height to K-Mac? Sorry to throw that step, that question no, out. Right. Oh, cool, Tar. That's a good call. Apparently, he had a good game the other week too. I'm, I'm just looking at his stats. You, you, you beat me to it. I was literally I saw the name pop up. So, <laughs> his last game, he had 16 disposals, kicked two goals, one, six kicks, two marks, seven handballs. So exactly, exactly the same high as K-Mac. Is he really okay? Then yeah, that 1.88. Based on that. I'd be happy for him to take over that wing role because it, it's such a vital piece to how we play. Um, and I would say he's got the pace and as long as he can get the defensive running at the same kind of areas as what Camden does and can compete aerially, then um, there's no reason why he couldn't. Oh, Bok Chui, I just went off Google. I'm sorry if Google's wrong. Oh, but, uh, controversy. Google has them both at 188. <laughs> um the thing is, is with K-Mac is 
he's learned to be so disciplined and he just keeps his position. And Ross has really improved in that regard as the season's progressed. His positioning is better and better and better. And I think that's, you know, keeping the structure, keeping the width, you know, owning the fat side, all that sort of stuff. Unrewarded running, which Dimmer talked about a lot. That's what our wingers oh, have to do. That's just himself again. Oh, we can hear you, but you've we got a stern look on your face that's frozen. Yeah. Um, so the Lions, the Lions midfield, I, I think they've got he's one back. of the deepest. Oh, he's back there. He is. Oh, no, he's still frozen. The uh, the Lion midfield, EJ, is probably the biggest concern on paper. Potentially, their forward line's quite big in terms of height as well. But Jared Berry, McCluggage, Dunkley, Neil, uh, Ashcroft, um, they've got some serious names. Rainer can go through there as well. They've got a wide range of talent that's going to roll through there across the four quarters. I know we don't tag, so I won't ask you who we're going to tag, but how do we, I suppose, compete and try and break even with them, especially with a, a dominant ruckman like Oscar as well? I think yeah, he's, he's, got really the, good. he's got the edge on Nank in terms of a pure size perspective, which is, um, I suppose, a concern. And he's got that same physical... Throws his weight around. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's good. He's going well. Got a weird head, but gee, he's a good ruckman. <laughs> um, uh, he looks like a, an extra off, like a Frankenstein or something. Like he's just got that. What about? But look, the concern for me is Dunkley. He is yeah. just—he's a fierce, fierce competitor, and his numbers are off the charts. Neil, actually, there was uh, some stuff with uh, pure footy in that. His effectiveness this year has dropped right off. He's getting he's getting the ball, but he's not hurting or damaging at all. I don't think we have to worry about uh, tagging Neil Warren. We've beaten Brisbane when he's had 56 or something stupid like that. Um, I think uh, Dunkley and McCluggage and what was the other one you said? There is a, there's a third wheel. Uh, Rainer can go through the Ashcroft. No, not Ashcroft. He's a good kid. Barry, Jared Barry. Yeah, Barry. Barry. Barry's going really well. That's Dunkley and Barry are the engine. If we can, you know, we've got Taranto. We'll have Hopper, but yeah, no, they're very, very strong in the centre. It's um, it's a bad match to be missing Prestia in terms of contested footy, but <clears throat> this is why you have to assume that Hopper's going to be the one that comes in because we have to be able to yeah. win the ball. At the source, and if we don't, um, it's going to be light set, I think. Uh, what about their force? They've got Hipwood and Danaher, and as imposing as both of them look on paper, in reality, that they, they sometimes don't fire a shot. Uh, if we can strangle their sort of shots on goal early, I think it can really dent their confidence. They are real fair weather footballers. I shouldn't be saying this out loud, should I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, look. Some players are, and this and this is why I think Brisbane will struggle to win the whole thing is because when it comes to the heat being on, it's a whether we can bring it. But if the heat's really on, you know you're not going to get consistent results from Danaher and especially Hipwood. You know, they are flat track bullies to a certain extent. But the only problem is, though, if, they, if they're not firing, Zach Bailey, Lincoln McCartney or Cam Rayner or Charlie Cameron uh, are likely to bob up. So they, they've got multiple avenues to score, which is the annoying thing. And 
to be fair to our defense, our defense has held up really well, yeah. all things considered this year. Like they've had a barrage of entries against them. Some weeks in the early parts, they're not a lot of midfield pressure. Um, but I think I think we need our midfield to be on its absolute A game from a defensive mindset if we're going to be any chance at all of knocking them off. Yep, yep. And what what you say about their forward line, the great thing is is Rainer playing basically as a stay as a high half forward the whole time is their mix is much, much better and deeper now. It used to be just um, McCarthy and sort of uh, Cameron, and then Bailey's come on in the last couple of years, and then you add Rayner in as well. So they've actually got a solid front six. It's not one or two players. It's very well-rounded. So, yes, stopping the source is the best way of stopping stopping the school. Yeah, it and- has, yeah. Matchup wise, I mean, I suppose history is, I suppose, shown that Grimes has gone to Charlie Cameron typically and done a pretty good job, I might add. Um, is he has he still got the legs to go with the Charlie Cameron, or do you have to pass the baton on to someone else? Uh, that worries me. The, the, yeah, the pure less speed worries me. Yeah. So, you know, you give uh, Grimes a McCarthy type or something like that. Um, McCarthy's good in the air as well as not super quick on the ground. Um, Bolter's going to go to Danaher, probably. Um, Young will go to Hipwood. And I'd probably give uh, Broad a crack at Cameron. Yep, I wouldn't be against Broadie having having a dip. Who said that? Yeah, Yeah, RFC centre. Broad's got surprising speed. And it's also his anticipation of things that are happening too. I think he reads it a lot better than most, so he kind of gets himself into the right position earlier than than his opponent more often than not. Yeah, yeah. And having Vlosten back as also that sort of loose and, and back in great form too. So, yeah, how good was his game? I really hope the bye doesn't take away, take away from his performance. Yeah, because he was really sloppy earlier this season. Like, he was off and... He's been building and building, and, and a bit like Shea Bolton, they've both sort of just got really good in the last five weeks. Maybe that's not a coincidence that, you know, there's been a handover. But um, having that disruptor in the back line in, in Vlosten is also key because what what you get then is you get the opposition um, thinking about their forward entries in, instead of having it happen naturally. And what about, there's a few people put a stat in here before, and I'm assuming it's correct, but uh, that teams coming off the bye this year have not won. So no one's won the first week back after the bye. Can we break the curse? It would be, I mean, like we said, I think we can afford to lose maybe two or three games max for the rest of the year. Um, But this one would be a massive one to kickstart the second half of our year. Um, Well, two teams have won coming off the bye, but they were playing other teams that were coming off the bye as well. So, (laughs) Okay. Yes, teams that have played against teams that didn't have the bye have all lost. But if you look at the um, match odds in those, a lot of the teams that were coming off the bye were not the favourites. So, you know, you've just, you can't take too much out of it. Collingwood just won coming off the bye. There you go. And they were the favourites. I think we match up well on Brisbane. I think that we've got our... Defence in order, we've got our 
urgency back up forward, our pressure's back up forward. And the one area that I think that Brisbane are susceptible is not necessarily forward, back or the centre, but they are susceptible to sustained pressure. And if do we... you think and do we think this is a free hit? I think it was flagged last week uh, on the show that a few people thought it was a free hit. Do we still feel that way? Is the pressure more on Brisbane to come out and win this game being third? Or is there or based off our recent form with three wins? Um, is there still is now the expectation back that we should be, you know, competing hard and winning these types of games? Well, Brisbane are third. They're a game clear. They're two games two games clear of uh, fifth. So there's not much pressure on them. But we're currently not expected to make the eight. So there's not much pressure on us. It's more important for Brisbane that they win. So I do see it as a free hit. CB, welcome back. <laughs> Drama's here. <laughs> mate, mate, you shouldn't have bought that $9,000 computer off Tiggs. i tell you <laughs> what, when I see Tiggs, he's going to have a second bloody concussion, I tell you. Um, <laughs> Tiggs, if you're out there, love you, brother. Hope you're going okay. So what have I missed? <laughs> uh, which, mate, what, what are you, what's your take on the Brisbane game? How do you think we're going to go? Any key matchups like look of? I think this is one game where we're really going to miss Tom Lynch, to be honest, because he normally goes very, very well on Harris Andrews. So we will um, we'll definitely miss his presence there. Um, they're a very big team. Um, big O, they're, they're Ruckman. Um, he played very, very well on the weekend. He really um, smacked into Rowan Marshall, who I actually rate as a Ruckman, and he made him – he's very physical, and I think he's going to have to try and bring that again against Nan Curvis. Um, so that that head-to-head matchup is going to be worth the price of admission alone. Uh, but you know, I just I just hate the fact we're missing Presti for this game. Um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't help, doesn't help. It is a free hit for us, um, but it is a must-win game for us as well. But like we really got to to stay in that race. Um, I think Brody goes to Cameron. Um, he's got a very good record on him. Um, yeah, good call. Good call, Brian. Um, he was listening in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I just think, um, no, and, and he got two big calls. Like, I know Hipwood, we all hang shit on him, but um, I think I think uh, Young will have to go to Hipwood just to um, spoil it, bring it to ground. But, yeah, I don't know, tough. Tough game, but again, we do play well up north, so we've won a flag. What did you up. say to me? What did you say to me today, CB? I say a lot of things to you, mate. <laughs> what did you say about the uh, Brisbane game and about Brisbane as a side to me today? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> Go on. I'm about how about how they're probably um, a little bit fragile. Yeah, I think they. If we if we bring our one wood, which is our pressure game, um, he was listening. <laughs> I think if we, if we if we bring our one wood, which is the pressure game, um, I think we can definitely definitely crack them because um, you pressure the lions and they do shit themselves a bit. That's that is true. Yes. Yeah, and so, uh, there was a comment made at nine eighteen. Let me find it. Pressure's on Brisbane. They've been up for a few years now without making a grand final. Sentimental bloke. 
Right. Oh, nothing against this bloke. He seems like an absolutely ripping fella and he obviously loves his players. But I firmly believe that Brisbane would have already made a grand final if they had a different coach. So I do see the pressure on Fagan more so than the team itself. Um, if you were to give that team to Chris Scott or to Damien Hardwick, they'd win the flag. They've got the players. They've got the mix. It's a, it's a pretty well-balanced side. Cam, Cam Rain has actually played some okay footy of recent times. Too, and I haven't really rated him, but he's looking okay. He's going okay at the moment. Yeah, playing that high half forward role, not having to spend that much time through the midfield. He's been he's been really good. Yeah. All right. Well, with that said and done, let's get a tip, including margin for this one. Uh, chuck everything in the chat as well for those listening. We'll pop a few up on screen. EJ, who are you going for, and by how much? I'm going to go for the Tigers by Liam Baker. Oh, I think you're seven. Okay. CB? Tigers by Dion Prestia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be a heart stopper. Well, both of them would be. Uh, I'll say the Tigers by George Castagna. There you go. We're by Tigers by my cheeky George. Could, could have fit a <laughs> Brian Lee's in there, you know? <laughs> But uh, it should be it should be a good game. I think, yeah, this has the potential to really set up our season in a big, big way. Um, if we can get off to a flyer, we've got Sydney the following week. I know it's one week at a time. I get it, but um, if we can, yeah, do a number on the Lions, I think that puts us in a really good spot to have a, an actual crack at making the eight, which would be far beyond anyone's expectations. I dare say, based on the first half of the season, even all of us in here, we all thought it was no chance, but. Here we are. We're, we're still we're still alive. We've still got a pulse, and uh, we seem to be in a bit of form. And more importantly, the players seem like they're enjoying their football again, which is a big a big factor into into why things have started to turn around. So, fingers crossed, we uh, we get the chockies. Um, just on that too, like you talk about the draw, we've got in the run home. We've got Melbourne, Brisbane, and is it the dogs EJ. Yeah, we've got the we, dogs. We've got to win. We've got to win two out of those three to be any no. chance. So the run home. So we've got Brisbane this week, obviously. Then we've got Sydney at the MCG. Then we've got West Coast in Perth. Danger game. Uh, then we've got Hawthorne at the G. Have we got Port Adelaide? Melbourne. Around uh, 21. We've got the Bulldogs at Marvel. That's a shit one. Uh, then we've got St Kilda at Marvel. Geez, two Marvel games in a row. That's that's not good. Kangaroos at the G and Port Adelaide, which uh, is away. Yes, is it is in Adelaide. Yeah. Could all come down to the Port game. Yeah, we've got a tough draw. It is. It, it's a very tough draw. Hopefully, we don't. Keep, hopefully, Trent's looking at the the wind the wind socks, mate. When we win the toss and fix the uh, end to kick. And, that, and that's why this week, so well, all the weeks are important. But, yeah, we kind of have to start beating those teams in the top four and top six to be a chance of playing because we're, we're going to come up against a few of them in the run home. So, yeah, we can't afford to drop any of those other games. But 
anyway, hopefully we don't rue losing some of those earlier shit games like against Essendon and Gold Coast and whatnot. But uh, while fate's still in our own hands, that's all we can ask for. And this is where the draw might come in handy at some point with uh, being ahead of the pack of teams above us just by two if we can get a win. So, Actually, uh, I just, just want to make a comment there. Yep. Didn't I mention Dusty in messaging him and how Dusty and Dean has put the comment there on the side about how Dusty is back and he's enjoying his footy? Which is good. Which is DJ. good. What did I tell you two? What did I tell you a week ago about it? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But I'm putting it out there for the public, not just for yourself, for the public. It's all about you, Lids. It's all about you, Lids. That's thing. I hold things things in, don't I? And and someone else has said on the side too, um, Brisbane are on a six-day break as well. Oh, okay. Six-dayer. Yep. Yeah, okay. That makes it interesting. Hopefully we go hard at him then. Well, maybe the big O could still be a bit sore after his physical encounter with Marshall. Because yeah. you're right, he will have to back it up and do it all again because Nank's not going to take it lightly. So hopefully he can crash in early. And thank you, Barry. Uh, yeah, someone asked about a live call. Not too sure. I haven't put a lot of planning or I haven't even floated the idea, but um, I think EJ will be out because with his surgery, obviously. Uh, but I'll check in with the other gents and see if anything can get going. But um, I would, if I'm a betting man, I'm saying less likely than likely at this stage. But that's not to say it won't happen. So we'll uh, we'll see how we go there. But uh, EJ, good luck with the shoulder surgery, mate. Hopefully it all goes well and you're back on your feet in no time. And uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. But make sure you hit EJ up on Twitter as well. Always happy to engage in conversation and a bit of banter. Uh, and you know, CB, you know, welcome. Pulled out of my skull in, in at home. So tweet yeah. me as much as you like. Yeah, can't yeah, wait to so... see you take on old soldier again, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and CB, well, good to have you back on, mate. Hopefully we'll see you again in the, in the coming weeks. And obviously Tiggs will be back next week, we hope. And uh, Grok, I think he's still asleep, so I'm not actually sure where, where Grok is. But uh, hopefully he's back on soon. But uh, yeah, all the best, EJ. Hopefully it all goes well, mate. Thank you. I won't be here for the next week's show, mate. I've got a... Uh cricket meeting believe it or not so uh i won't be here for next monday but it's Oof. been nice to come back so pressure on for tiggs and grok to show up for the next one gee otherwise it'll be a solo monologue show for an hour you won't like that people I'll tell you what <laughs> oh have a thank you for tuning in everybody hope you had a, a good night uh tigers on thursday night this week so not not the best night for football but we do have a very strong support group in brisbane so i look forward to seeing uh big numbers out there in force supporting the Tigers and hopefully the uh, Brisbane ground staff remember to turn the volume up on our theme song this time as they failed to do so a couple of times that I've been up there. But uh, have a good night, guys. And, oh, do we need that, CB? No, not as yet. <laughs> not okay. as yet. We did get our wicket keeper. Come on. Okay, <laughs> okay. That's one for another time. And also, before I go, guys, um, if you didn't see the post on the socials, Nick Daffy will be joining us at some stage in the next few weeks as well. So thank you to Nick for organising that. We're just waiting on confirmation on the when. But, uh, yeah, at some stage very soon, Nick Daffy, former Tiger, will be on the show, which will be good. And anyway, probably, a good to, probably a good time to let you know that I do have actually Peter Wilson's number too, and I'm meant to actually try and organise that for the show at some stage as well. Oh, it's <laughs> all happening. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, very good. All right, thank you very much, gents, for popping on tonight. Thanks, Darren, for tuning in. Hope you had a good night. And until next time, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs>